This podcast is part of the National Archives Voices of the Armistice campaign, commemorating 90 years since the end of the First World War. Hear more voices at nationalarchives.gov.uk forward slash armistice. Part one of four. My name is William Spencer. I am the Principal Military Specialist at the National Archives at Kew. WO25637, Haig's Personal Diary. The diary we have here at the National Archives is just a copy, but it gives a useful account of the day-to-day views, thoughts and activities of Field Marshal Lord Haig. Thursday the 10th of October 1918, France. Glass falling slightly. Drizzling rain most of the day in St. Paul area, but further south day was dull and dry. About Cambrai day was fine. I motored to Mouchy-le-Châtel where I met Marshal Foch at midday. I sent him a message by wire last night recommending that my advance on the battlefront should now be between the Scheldt and Sambre. With the object of joining hands with my second army and the other allied troops now under the command of the King of the Belgians, I was opposed to extending my right flank to Etreux. I also asked for some American divisions. I can supply six efficient divisions without difficulty. My proposed operation will at once clear the Lille salient of the enemy. I found Foch in very good spirits and highly complimentary of what the British Army has done. He now produced a new directive. In this, he said that the success of the British armies is to be exploited to the full and with this object, Debeney's First Army is to be reinforced. Besides covering my right, Debeney would also operate so as to clear Léon by advancing southeast from Guise. The French attacks on the Reims and Verdun fronts are also to be continued, but all available reserves and resources in tanks, guns, etc. will go first to Debeney and then to the French force in Flanders. Foch would not give way on the subject of my right flank not extending south of the Sambre. First, he said, there are not sufficient troops now available, but later on, as I advanced, I would have more troops than I could employ in the front line. However, as the operations developed, he would reconsider the line of demarcation and modify it if necessary. General Weygand then went into the state of the American divisions and showed that really there are only 10 or 11 of them of any use at all, and of those now in the battle, two are with the British. We then had lunch. After lunch, Foch gave me a paper which he had handed to the Allied Conference in Paris on the subject of an armistice. He said that his opinion had not been asked, but he had nevertheless given his Prime Minister his paper. He had now heard that the conference agreed with what he had written and were very pleased to have his paper. His main points were 1. Evacuation of Belgium, France and Alsace-Lorraine 2. Hand over to the Allies to administer all the country up to the Rhine with three bridgeheads on the river, the size of each of the latter to be 30 kilometres from the crossing, drawn in a semicircle. 3. Germans to leave all material behind hut supplies, etc., railway trains, railways in order. 4. Enemy to clear out in 15 days from signing of agreement. I remarked that the only difference between his conditions and a general unconditional surrender is that the German army is allowed to march back with its rifles and officers with their swords. He is evidently of opinion that the enemy is so desirous of peace 
that he will agree to any terms of this nature which we impose. F and I then took a walk in the grounds, and I left soon after 3pm. After dinner, I handed over Foch's directive to Lawrence. He seemed in a pessimistic mood and foresaw many dangers ahead. He said that if the enemy were to counter-attack us, we should find ourselves in a difficult position. I assured him that the enemy has not the means, nor has the German high command the willpower, to launch an attack strong enough to affect even our frontline troops. We have got the enemy down, in fact he is a beaten army, and my plan is to go on hitting him as hard as we possibly can, till he begs for mercy. Lawrence has a cold and so is looking at things in a gloomy way tonight. I think the situation is highly satisfactory for us, and the results of our victories will be very far-reaching. It may take a few days for the results to begin to show. The enemy is now in such a state that we can run all kinds of risks without any chance of the enemy hitting back in any force. This podcast is a recording of extracts taken from Sir Douglas Haig's War Diary, a copy of which is held at the National Archives. Permission has kindly been given to reproduce this by the National Library of Scotland and the Earl Haig.